0: Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into The Mystical Underground.
1: Welcome to The Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Trish McGregor. And Rob McGregor. And our tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular posts and you can find out about our books. Our most recent nonfiction book is Phenomena Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities. Tricia's latest novel is Skin Shifters, and Rob's latest novel, Toolpus, is now available in audio.
2: Our guest today is Marla Fries, a transformational psychic medium who has appeared on AE, Bravo, History Channel, Sci Fi, TV Land, and Guy's uh, TV <laughs> Beyond Belief with George Norrie. Marla's memoir, American Psychic, A Spiritual Journey from the Heartland to Hollywood, Heaven and Beyond is the inspiring story of her journey from small-town girl to successful TV and stage actress and gifted psychic medium. Her book has been an Amazon bestseller and number one new release in the ESP and mental and spiritual healing categories. Marla does group presentations where she works with audience members offering divine insights about any aspect of their life and messages from deceased loved ones. She also works in private sessions and small groups. Uh, She has also been known to a global audience as the psychic medium expert co-host for Whitley Streber's Dreamland podcast at unknowncountry.com. Where she interviewed scientific, paranormal, and spiritual authors between 2007 and 2018. Welcome, Marla. Uh,
1: Why we thank you. We love your book. Oh. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. Oh, that's history. a it's <laughs> terrific. Oh, thank great you. stories. Yeah, that's we for want sure. To talk about.
2: <laughs> but let's start with the beginning. Uh, when did you first know that you had some psychic abilities and that other people didn't seem to have these same, possess these same talents?
3: Well, you know, that's interesting, Rob, because as a child, you know, we're all we all are born with some psychic abilities, of course. But when when those things started popping in and out, um, which didn't happen uh, very often in childhood, but it was enough for me to understand that something was weird happening, Mm -hmm. you know, that wasn't necessarily supported. It wasn't something that. Everybody was getting around and saying, oh, explain more or tell us more about this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the it is the Judeo-Christian understanding of. This kind of phenomenon that we are all have, you know, we've all been working to change that, to build bridges so that there's more understanding around this. But there, there is an incident in um, the books that I talk about where I'm eight years old and I'm waiting for my girlfriend to come, um, to come home from an event and I'm sitting in the kitchen with her mother. And the mother's making some stuffing for Thanksgiving and she plops a bowl down in front of me and she says, break up this bread. And I said, okay, and I start breaking up the bread, and I go blind to my present circumstances, hmm. and I see a parking lot with a woman who's dressed like a nurse and a guy talking, and the guy happened to be the woman in the kitchen who I was uh, visiting with, His that was her boyfriend. His name was Les, and I saw Les and this nurse talking. And Les was telling this nurse about how he didn't want to buy Anne, the woman in the kitchen, um, a Christmas present, and that he wanted to be with her, and that he wanted to break up with Anne. And I oh my basically just—I <laughs> I know—I basically just told Anne this, <laughs> and she jumped in front of me. and She said, "How do you know that?" <laughs> so. <laughs> So basically, that began, you know, a series of events, and here we are, so. Uh, do, you,
1: do you still know her?
3: <laughs> well, she's deceased. Yeah, no, I mean her daughter. Most of the people in my book are dead, so, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. Yes, yeah, the daughter had, and the, I are still friends, yeah. Oh,
2: that's good. Yeah, we had a, a longtime friend who's also passed on, uh, who's a psychic medium, who uh, told us this funny story. When she was, like, in third or fourth grade, she told the teacher that her car uh has a flat tire or was and, going to get was one, going yeah. to get one. And, and, and it was like two days later uh the the car in the park. she got off school and the car in the parking lot had a flat tire so she right thought the girl had done it to her you oh. know so she got <laughs> called in the office she got suspended and after that she said i kept my mouth shut <laughs> um, Yeah.
3: Well, you know, that happened a lot. Uh, there were a number of, of of psychics that were going to law enforcement and, and telling them what they saw. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they were the ones that were basically, you know, questioned about a few things. So, you know, we've all had to grow up through this experience of learning what this all is.
1: Right. That happened to uh, George Hardy. Right, yeah. About, what's it, which, which, was that the Boston Strangler? Boston Strangler. Yes, exactly. Became, yeah, became a suspect. Yeah, uh-huh.
3: that's right. That's right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, and they gave him uh, sodium pentothal, and it was a whole, a real strong mix of, uh, you know, a, a, of a truth serum uh, <clears throat> that uh, messed him up uh, his nervous system for decades. You know, uh, he was, when we met him, he was, uh, uh, I think, 70 or years old or so and he was uh, is still very upset about that whole situation I can't blame him yeah.
3: well of course I, well yeah. I think that that's the I mean you know this didn't really start exhibiting itself in a profound way until the mid 90s for me so we've come a long way and I'm so mm-hmm. grateful for so many of the people including the US military psychic spies that have you yeah. know, forged a road for this way of, of understanding consciousness.
2: Right, and made it made it seem more normal by calling. Well, that's
3: right. That's right. Viewing
2: other than clairvoyance.
3: <laughs> well, and you know, I've been working with a physicist for the last ten years, Tom Campbell, and working with him about the science of this work has helped me make this paranormal conversation normal to bridge wow. to you know various people all over the world.
2: Yeah, we'd like hmm. to get him on his show. Is he av- available? Do you know for doing? Well, I,
3: I can hook you up. That would okay. be great.
2: Yeah, okay. I was reading somebody about- who's a scientist. That that's- yeah, right. Yeah, I was reading about them in your book, and it, it sounded very interesting. Yes. Yeah. So the voice that you hear that guides you, you speak of. Uh, do you think it's part of you, or separate from you, or both, or what?
3: Well, you know, when I began to hear quote, the voice. That <laughs> was what I was calling it when I was younger. You know, there's yeah. a, that incident in the book where I literally was saved by the voice the, on the horseback. Exactly. That uh-huh, horse yeah. accident. That well, you know, at the time it didn't sound like a booming voice of God. It was just a really loud voice that said, no, don't do what you're going <laughs> to do. <laughs> um, but I think that, um, it, you know, I come to understand a lot of different things, as we all do. You know, once we start channeling other entities or dead loved ones, or a guiding spirit, or as you read in the book, a whole conglomeration of everything, which I ended up calling it "them's," yeah. which is the <laughs> the anacronym yeah. of yeah. the heavenly consciousness system. Hmm. I think it is us connected to Source. Or this larger consciousness system, right. which gives us access to dead people, other entities. Um, you know, a- as we do as psychics, just actually seeing, hearing, feeling information. Our bodies become Geiger counters.
4: Right.
2: Huh. Yeah, that said, though, there's another term you use in the book early in the book called blind sight. Uh, yes. Which isn't like an oxymoron. Uh, related to related to the difficulty people like yourself have in reading, uh, you can read others, but it's difficult to read yourselves. Uh, read yourself.
3: Well, actually, the, that's Rob, still, that's yeah. a very good point. Um, blind sighted is actually a medical term that um, means a a blind person who has the ability to perceive a light source. Oh. So that's how we're all kind of walking around when we're trying to figure things out. We feel blind to what's happening in our lives, so we seek out ways of seeing. And that, in that uh, terminology, came about when when I was younger. I kept going to um, a local. Uh, we called it the old folks' home, of course, back in those days. <laughs> right, but it was yeah. a ret- it was a retirement home, and there was a blind woman named Miss Dean. And every time I would come in the room, she could see me, though she was blind.
4: Mm-hmm. She imme-
3: she immediately knew who I was. And that awareness is also how I found out that I was a medium because I didn't believe in this. You know, you guys, I was really skeptical about this for <laughs> years. I mean, I was I was really cranky about it. <laughs> um, it, I, I made fun of it, I had an attitude about it, and of course that was before this all happened to me. But in in the sense of of um, being able to learn this work, I was put in James Von Prague's house. That's oh a my long gosh. story, that's oh a God. long story. It's in the book, but, but this was miraculous. I had just been watching him on television and I didn't know who this guy was. And a girlfriend called me and said, hey, I'm not going to be able to get together with you this weekend because I'm going to see James von Prague. And I said, "Is that the short guy with the mustache and the blue and the blue eyes?" And she said, "Yes." And I said, "Well, he's on my he's on my television set, talking to me right now." <laughs> wow. And so we just thought that that was really remarkable. But a long story short. I ended up, I went to see him um, in a large group situation. And I had a dream that lasted for four hours. Oh the God. center, the center, the center. Like, that's not going to make you crazy. But the <laughs> next day, my girlfriend called me and said, How did you like seeing James? And I told her about the dream. And she said, You know, I'm best friends with his personal assistant. I'm going to tell her about that dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, A day later, I'm in his house because James was having the same dream that I was. Oh, my God. But James and I, but James wanted to prove to me I was a medium. And he blindfolded me, you guys. He put me in a class and he blindfolded me. And I had nothing to lose because I didn't believe in this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was what I saw behind that blindfold that basically corroborated um, a gentleman in the room, his dead wife, and how she behaved and what she did, and how she made, you know, these cakes for him and had these certain presents for him every mm. year, and how her ring was made out of the same silver. I was shown that mm. in my consciousness, mm. oh. and I was blindfolded.
1: Hmm. Blind. What was Prague's reaction?
3: Uh, Van Prague's reaction? Uh-huh. Well, I was a became a protege student. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yes. cool. No, he it was uh, it was an incredible time. This was before he was even famous, before mm-hmm. his first book came out. Uh-huh. Okay. It was yeah, it was a remarkable time.
2: Hmm. But uh, the, you use that term blind sight though in another way too that uh, where you can Read other people, but sometimes it's difficult for your own personal situations that are you're so close close to the situation. Maybe <clears throat>
3: that's that's correct. Yes, yeah.
1: and <coughs> well, also, go ahead. That, excuse me. I was Chris. just going to say that's I mean, like astrology.
3: It's hard yes. to read for yourself. You know.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Right, Go ahead, Mark. Trish.
3: No, no, no. We're just—we're all three. We're just having a good time. I'm so excited. You know, I've—I've I've tangentially known you guys for years, so I feel like I'm talking to you know cousins, uh, Rob and Trish. This is great.
1: That's cool. Yeah. We're cousins. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a question. Um, what are your thoughts about COVID? I mean, do you do you get any inkling of? <laughs> How long it's going to be around?
3: Well, let me. me Well, that's it's a very interesting question. So, um, remember I was talking about our bodies are like Geiger counters. So there's something with my body that will tell me things months ahead of time, and I don't know what it is. Like last, it was last October that I stopped paying on a trip to Italy to go (laughs) and be with Tom Campbell in his group and and introduce my book to Italy. I stopped paying in October on that trip. So I didn't know why my body just said, no, you're not going to send money in on that. No, you're not going to do that. (laughs) And then around December, January, although I had something in December, many of us did Uh uh, that lasted five, basically five weeks Uh and we had no testing at the time. So in December and January, I was sick and I wasn't, focusing on, on what I was going to be traveling in mm-hmm. 2020, but I was planning to speak at Duke University and with parapsychology groups in mm. North Carolina, and I would not put money down on that trip. And they kept saying to me, well, we need to, you know, we, we really need to plan this. And <laughs> I couldn't make myself do that. Huh. Oh. So I wasn't, um, because, you know, look, even though I'm psychic and a medium, I'm not walking around every day just trying to get right. information about what's going on in my <laughs> life. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to survive and get to the yeah. grocery store. Um, <laughs> but that awareness that had been in my body reminds uh, reminded me that oh my goodness, our hearts are what forty thousand times stronger, as heart math will tell you, than the brain itself. Mm-hmm. Right. But consciousness is doesn't live in the brain. So I started feeling this, but not knowing. And I'm not a prognosticator like, you know, John Hogue. That's not my thing. Uh-huh. I, I like working with people with their family members. Um, and because I like seeing information for people's highest good. Now, mm-hmm. if you were to sit down with me like <clears throat> lawyers and doctors and other people do, I have a different purview or as I work with lots of uh, realtors, I have a way of sussing compromise, but no one was asking me, oh, is a virus coming? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, Nobody so, knew. <laughs> right. But I knew that nothing would take place or shift in our consciousness or being able to handle it in the proper way until after the spring of
4: 2021.
3: Huh. 2021. Huh? Yeah. Oh. So I could feel that we had to learn this. And I look at it as this incredible intelligence. If we look at God and this larger consciousness system, all these strange things happen in our lives. You know, we could go back to the Bible and talk about plagues, boats and trains, mm-hmm. right? And, and on, this is like an ongoing rapture. Uh So if Jesus and that Christ consciousness is coming back, it's got to be in the hearts of those of us who are trying to do good for the sake of humanity,
4: Mm -hmm.
3: for the sake of our democracy and taking care of of what Christ's teachings basically were all this time. The tenets of the real tenets of Christianity, Mm -hmm. which are to love thy neighbor. So I'm looking at the chaos of the vi- of the virus and lowering the entropy. The more we lower entropy and think of others, the more this this virus will be diminished.
1: Huh. So it doesn't really depend on a vaccine. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, well, I, mean, I think does, but... well, you know, I, I think that what has just happened with the president and getting right. getting medication that nobody else is going to get, yeah. you know, <laughs> for a long time, you know, um, oh. I think that that's remarkable that those things have happened. But he was also given those antibodies, and you know, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist, but how all of that happened, whether it's from fetal tissue, whether it's from right. you know other cells of other people, it's remarkable. And I, you know, here I, you know, I'm gonna turn the tables and ask you guys a couple of questions. So how do you think that COVID has impacted us as a society?
2: I think it's, uh, in some ways, it's been very good for people. Uh, they've had some time to- uh, Reflect. Reflect yeah. and uh, be on their own, uh, stay at home, uh, you know, it, it drives some people crazy, especially if you got kids at home, and yeah. very difficult in trying to teach. But I've talked to people who have said this has been the best part of my life. Uh, I mean, in some ways, that I'm just you know. And we do a lot of work with other writers, helping them out, uh, editing their work, and um, uh, rewriting stuff for them. And we've been inundated with uh, a lot the, of people realized <laughs> they
1: wanted to write books.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So well, they had, the yeah, they had the right? time. They had the time to sit time. down.
2: Think about this that things they really wanted to do with their life, mm-hmm. you know, b- beyond uh, the the everyday world. So yeah, in some ways it's been good. I had the uh, the virus for about 3 weeks in March and uh,
1: before we even knew what it was. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> every night I was uh, had a fever. And I kept going up to about 102 one night, and that was kind of like a turning point. I thought, I'm going to either end up in the hospital, or I'm going to get better. And that, and fortunately, uh, it it went to the the better side, and I, I mm-hmm. sort getting better. But it, it, it even after the fear went away, I had this dry cough it kept going for another ten days or so. So it's no fun. I mean, I and I right. mild, and I had a mild case.
3: You know, mm-hmm. yeah, So how about you, Trish? Well. <laughs> For me, it's...
1: She was right next to me. I mean, I never, never, I never got, got, it, you know? I, I never got <laughs> sick. My, my sister in Georgia got sick, her oldest son, his wife, and her mother. Mm-hmm. And they all, you know, within 10 days, they were all better. Not, that's not to say that, you know, it was a piece of cake or anything, but... Right. You know. mm-hmm. But, no, I think uh, I've talked to a lot of people who've said that this, during the lockdown, they realized they didn't like what they were doing
4: mm-hmm.
1: professionally. And have either changed jobs or have moved, or you know, so people have made larger decisions about the direction of their lives, which right. is great.
2: Do you ever get messages that uh, somebody is uh, going to get the virus? Uh, has that been well? Coming- oh.
3: Well, that's very interesting. Um, I I do want to just back up for a second before I answer that. In <clears throat> in reference to how it's, you know, affecting all of us. You read in the book that everything changes for me when there's loss. Like mm-hmm. I sat down to write my book as soon as I got divorced, there was a a huge loss in my life, whether it was a egoic loss or it was the loss mm-hmm. of my house or, you know, the loss of the love that I thought I had. Loss seems to be a mitigating factor in getting us to pay attention to consciousness.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: And I, I had to, I ended up in the emergency room, but this was also before things were testing and it had not taken a grip on my lungs yet. Mm -hmm. Um, It was actually, I took a medication that I was allergic to. That's how I ended up in there. But, But while I'm in there, I'm talking to consciousness. I'm talking to, you know, my guides, the Holy mm-hmm. spirit, you know, all of that. And I'm basically saying, Hmm, this is a time when I get to make a choice because I've, I've really taken a stand for the voice of those who are, you know, who have had trauma in their lives
4: mm-hmm.
3: and, and, and want to heal that. You know, that's been the template of my life, helping people heal and move beyond their circumstances. The transformational part of my life is moving from that trauma through the drama of that former acting career, into the transformation of what we are all doing right now. So I made an agreement to stay.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
3: I made an agreement. You mean to
1: stay on earth, to stay alive. Yes, to to stay,
3: to stay and to take a stand the best way I could for lowering entropy and helping people bridge, whether it's between the living and the dead right. or whether mm-hmm. it's between groups of people that are having problems. So with along those dynamics, um, I have been more in touch because, you know, I can't see people. I'm not seeing mm. people, but I have been in touch with those who have died of COVID. Mm. Huh. Yeah. And what have they...
4: What, what did you?
3: Shocked? Really? Yeah. Huh. Shocked. Shocked. Huh. And you know, it's it's when you have what it's up to two hundred and thirteen thousand right now. Right. Right. So you know, it is the other side. It, it, a lot of work on the other side, and the and the other dynamic as I remember when people died on nine eleven. Uh They recognized that there was, um, you know, a death for a greater good not necessarily, I don't want to call them sacrificial lambs in any right. way, shape or form, but there is a willingness to change in consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I've also been bringing through people that have been in wars, you know, oh. um, far back as the civil war actually, <laughs> mm-hmm. where where voices of those who have gone before us, it's almost like, you know, There, I have someone sent me a cup that says vote like your ancestors died for it. Mm-hmm. And that's basically right. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, so right. the the dynamic of here it is what are we going to learn from this mm-hmm. loss changes everything how are we going to stand for our people how are we going to stand for science how are we going to not make it political but make it about others and caring right. for others and loving others mm-hmm.
1: yeah well we have a terrible example in the white house <laughs> We don't need yes. to get into that. No, I know, but I <laughs> mean, just the lack, the lack of empathy, though.
3: <laughs> I love how your husband just tried to be, uh, you know, not so political. I know. But, <laughs> but, I, but you know I, what? I throw beyond so true, caring about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, in true, in, and I'm glad, because there are a lot of people out there in the spiritual community who have gone down that, you know, sort of conspiracy theory um, mm-hmm. vortex. I won't do that, yeah, because... No. I can tell you in my cells, you know, my cells will tell me a year ahead of time, you know, don't put money down on a trip. Yeah. And so I trust, I trust my intuition about this. I trust that we've got a danger and we must change that danger. Right. You know, I don't hate people. You know, people, who, you know, Facebook and all of those things, they they get on their um, they get on a trajectory of thinking that it's all hate. It's not. Yeah. Righteous anger is something very, very important. Yeah. And, you know, you read some of my book. You you understand that my history with my mother's family yeah. is slave owners. I've got 0.8% of, of um, Iberian Peninsula slave trader port inside uh-huh. my blood. Well, Jeez. Yeah. And I've got also Ulysses S. Grant on my father's side. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> So this is the ancestral chorus for you. Well, I think that that's the, but if we all look at that, Mm -hmm. my God, look at what you guys have been doing for years Mm -hmm. and what you continue to do by giving voice and reason and understanding. And you know, you keep the the paranormal normal, but also exciting Mm -hmm. because that is our birthright.
1: Right, yeah. And it'd be nice. Well, you know, some, some people have said that uh, in December, when Jupiter and Saturn both enter Aquarius, we had an astrologer on, a Danish a Danish guy, mm-hmm. and he said he, he sees this as, when these two planets enter Aquarius, that really what's happening is it's it's the paradigm shift that does lead into the Aquarian age, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term.
2: Uh, Marley, you had a challenging uh, childhood. You, you speak uh, about that in your book. And when I was reading that about some of the situations you had with your mother, I mean, I was thinking Stephen King, Carrie.
3: Yeah. <laughs> 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 or, or Or one of my favorite Stephen King books and movies, Dead Zone.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes,
3: it's like Carrie meets Dead Zone. Right, well, right, you right, know, right. I, I I wasn't I wasn't walking around yeah. with fury in my body, blowing up a town. Right. <clears throat> but I did. Um, okay. So for those of your listeners who don't know this part about me, it is actually the heightened sensitivities that came out of the trauma that I experienced. My mom was, um, uh, she was from the South and, you know, she did everything she could to survive her, you know, very poor existence, you know, in the, in the tobacco farm that she was raised Uh on, but she had, there were some problems with her and I never knew my grandparents. And I found a series of letters that I talk about in, in the book where she's writing to my father and you can see her her concern about herself, that there's something wrong with her. And she's talking about that, but she was my mother and I heard the cries of her. So, you know, I did a lot of work with Brian Weiss and Mm -hmm. I know that I chose that family for a reason. It would be the perfect fractured family for me to come in and Mm -hmm. learn what I needed to learn. So her physical and emotional and at times sexual abuse not necessarily out of the kind of sexual abuse that most people would think but out of rage Hmm. that rage is what really heightened my sensitivities i Hmm. started just disassociating leaving my body where Hmm. my consciousness would leave my body i also had to intuit how to survive her so those aspects, who knew that it would be, you know, in conjunction with the, the work that I do as a remote viewer right. and all the psychic stuff. Hmm. But at that time, I was just, and I was so pissed at God. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, and it's it was, I know that I made an agreement to come back, but mm-hmm. it, even at a young age, I was pissed. Why, 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 why? Well, I had to find out why. I had to reach out as Tom Campbell and I talk about this when we are, whether it's prayer or intention or screaming for, um, you know, I, you might remember from the book, I, I prayed for aliens to abduct me. Right. Yeah. If it, it was, <laughs> I wanted help. Well, I would get help. I just didn't know it was help. You know, and I went through lots and lots and lots of process. But there's so many people that are walking around out there that have been traumatized by their childhoods, Mm -hmm. who have ended up in jail, or they are basically medicating themselves, or the wars. You know, that's why I call this book American Psychic. Uh I'm from the heartland. All of the things that come from the heartland which are the wonderful heart-centered people helping each other, growing um, you know plants and raising animals and <clears throat> everything that supports this country in so many different ways is where I came from there's also the roots of racism and you know the 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 fears of other people crossing the borders you know mm-hmm. different colored people that that is all in there. And I believe it is the trauma of war that unless people handle that and do the work, they are walking around um, like they're, they're empaths without boundaries yeah. Yeah. or they mitigate their their pain by by managing their pain. And it's understandable. So we are all what you guys continue to do, which is give room for those uh, visions, give room for those incredible experiences like when Ann Streber died, you know, blowing up your living yeah, room. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <You> know, <laughs> you know, all of those things that when we love people, we want to make sure that we are still connected to them mm-hmm. because it's all about love. The uh, bottom right. line, it's about love.
2: And you're picking up a lot of, uh, you know, health-related things for people like the story you uh about uh, in, right in the foreword of your book about uh, Whitley Strabers basically uh, mentioning that you may have saved his life uh, on a particular uh, reading you did. Was that an in-person reading? Uh, well, that? well,
3: actually, well, actually, I have to I have to tell you that was Antonia Felix who wrote right. the foreword yeah, she, she wrote to that, the book. Yeah. Yes, and Antonia is a a major New York Times bestselling author. She did. R.G.B.'s book in 2018, Uh Elizabeth Warren's book. She's done Wesley Clark's. She's done, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh she's been on both sides of the fence politically, Uh but she became a client and she heard Whitley and I talking about this on one of the shows that I did early on in the Dreamland series, which was probably in 2007, six, seven or eight in there, Mm -hmm. where Whitley must have talked about this. I don't actually remember the specifics of that, but I do remember... It was when I was married at the time, and um, we had to go to New York, and I had just met Anne and Whitley, and what was happening is I was consistently getting downloads for him, huh. so I think when I was in New York, I was probably still giving him downloads, <laughs> so something in there t- told him about that, but also, you know, Antonia who wrote this forward mm. talked about me saying to her because of consciousness and spirit basically saying, you know, you got a gastrointestinal problem, you might want to take a look at that. And then huh. 3 months 3 months later she had her gallbladder removed. But yes, medical stuff mm. it does show up.
1: Yeah. Well, do you have do you have any medical training in your background? No. No. So, so it's just spirit. So, yeah.
3: Okay. So, so I have to say, so I have to say, I'm not a doctor yeah, right, 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 <laughs> and yeah. I'm no, and I'm no longer an actress. So I don't play yeah. one on TV. Yeah. Um, hmm. but, but like it's information right. and I, and you know, I've had 18 years of life coaching training and 36 years of, you know, spiritual and, and psychological, um, training, but not with a license in right. any kind of psychotherapy. So, um, I trust the way that information is delivered Um, on one of the, there's a video out there. I, you know, I have a a couple of videos on YouTube and there's one where this gentleman, Fred Fontana is talking about me. I think it's the one. um, So it must be the ones where people are giving testimonials about Uh me, but he talked about an incident and this is kind of a really good one to share because it's an old one. Um, but it's so profound about the work. I was working with this, um, small little group and telling the wife and the, and the husband, they hadn't been able to get pregnant. I said, well, it's a, it's a blood thing here. And I said, you need Mm. to do some work and, and do some, you know, um, testing about why there's a problem in the blood. Mm. Well, the husband was really ticked off because they went and had some blood test done. He said, there's nothing wrong with her blood, et cetera. (laughs) And then, you know, and, you know, giving Fred a real hard time for Uh believing in something like me. But months later, they were called by the doctor and said, we want to apologize. That was not your blood in that test. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. And we do see the problem that you were discussing. And what happened was they fixed it And they've had two children since that event. Yeah. So I'm just listening. It's not about me being. Yeah, yeah, it's not be about being right. Right. It literally is. And you know, people have. I see people. Here's the interesting thing about how consciousness works. If people contact me and I don't know who they are, if I haven't worked with them before, Mm -hmm. they are led to find me whether they find me through a podcast like this or something, Mm -hmm. whatever, they are led to find me. And sometimes right away, I can see that, you know, it's a really good idea to go in and have your vascular system checked. Mm -hmm. Hmm. It's a really good idea to take a look at "Mm, your cholesterol is really high. Uh Let's look at, you know, have you had your arteries checked? You know, so we do it in a gentle way, and mm-hmm. sometimes that's very helpful. Hmm.
2: Yeah. So another area that you work in is with the police sometimes, I understand uh, from your writings. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of psychics have a hard time dealing with trauma of a murder case, and uh, uh, sometimes, uh, especially with the knowledge that the killer is still out there somewhere. Uh, yeah. But you seem to almost relish these cases uh, <laughs> <laughs> as giving Wait something to, giving you something to focus on.
3: <laughs> well, okay. I don't know if relish or, or at least maybe in the beginning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was interesting. Oh, excuse me. Okay. All right. Let's, let's take a brief moment here. All right. So... Um, in the book, I talk about uh, my my childhood. Of course, you know it is a memoir. But there's one chapter. I think it's the third chapter, and or and, no, the fourth chapter, which is called the Slaughter. Um, but here right, I am, yeah. a young a young woman living in this town, and nothing you know really dramatic ever happened in that town. You know, maybe a you know a car hit a deer, or someone that was drunk plowed over a mailbox or something. But my classmate, when I was in seventh grade. A, a girl that I'd never met before, who I sat with for a week at lunchtime, I couldn't stop looking at her. Her name was Kelly Jo Brawlier. Mm-hmm. And she was thinner than most of us, even though most of us were real, pretty thin back there, but she was also had wispy hair and, and seemed smaller. And I might've been a hundred pounds and she was maybe 75. But she was tinier than most, but she was very sweet. And she sat in front of me um, for a whole week. And I couldn't understand why I was captivated about her. It's as though I talk about it in the book of taking psychic snapshots Mm -hmm. and looking at her dirty little purse that was on the back of her, (laughs) you know, on the back of her chair. But I wanted to protect her. You guys, Mm. there was something in me that wanted me to protect her. And though the first football game of the season, everybody goes to that game and you know, our, our high school was pooling in kids from all, you know, 15 to 20 miles away. Hmm. So she was from down in the valley where we had a little hog operation. So I didn't know those people. Everybody knew about my father, but nobody really knew me. Just knew that I had a horse and that my Uh dad had this hog farm. But we all sat and talked. And that night of the football game, her name was being announced over the the system. They were trying to find her. Hmm. Well... She had been picked up, raped and murdered by a man that night Mm. as she was going to one of the, her girlfriend's house to get a ride to the football game. And I'll tell you that changed my life because Mm. I had, I didn't want to ride in the, in the woods anymore. They picked up the guy right away. He Mm. was a young man that worked at one of the local hotels and, um, it was quite, quite the miraculous situation. And he's been in jail all these years, wow. but that changed me. It made me think about this girl like I had you know, never thought about anybody right. before. And it wasn't as though I was communicating with the dead at the time, but I couldn't stop thinking about, did she cry for help? Who hurt her? Right. You know, was it cold? You know, did angels come to get her? But that dynamic changed me I didn't want to go to the farm anymore. I didn't want to get on the horse, my horse. Yeah, your
1: descriptions I... of that are really good oh, about your fear you. of going to
3: the Yes, farm. the fear was uh, mm-hmm. but but what was interesting about that is the next year two women that I saw every week of my life because they, you know, they owned this little inn between the farm and and our house in town and they used to scoop me up ice cream every time we stopped by. They were murdered. Hmm. They were murdered by a man who came by, you know, this grifter who, who had no idea that Marguerite kept all of the change and all the money inside of her thigh on a, in a little pouch. He wasn't there to rape them. He was there to take money, and huh. those three people were killed within a year and a half. Really? And I could not get over my rage. And it was rage also about what my mother had been doing to me. So I Mm. learned to stop protecting. I started protecting myself about my mother. And then Mm. I started to plan, you know, how I was going to rescue myself in these dire situations. And I took on this bravado. So I became fascinated with Mission Impossible and the (laughs) wild, wild west, you know, all those shows. That's funny. So And then, you know, as you read in the book, I... I live with mobsters, and then I'm hijacked mm-hmm. to Cuba, and I'm with international mobsters. So That's, all a, of- that's a
2: great chapter, by <laughs> the way. <That's laughs> a yeah.
3: Thank you so much. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's we, worth we buying the some, book for
2: it. Yeah, we spent some time in Cuba at, when it opened up in 2017, I think. But oh, it, it was did? nothing like your experience. Yeah, no. <laughs>
3: well, where, wait, wait, okay, that's another aside. So let me just finish the story about the murders. Right. So all of that primed me for not having a problem with looking at murder
4: Mm -hmm.
3: Hmm. and it became part of my new awareness to help others like the fbi i was accessing information for them Mm -hmm. and it was you know you did mention this rob about how hard it is for psychics to to do this kind of work. Yeah. I I'll go anywhere and work a cold case, not a problem. Mm-hmm. And as a, as we you need to you come remote. to Florida. <laughs> oh god, there's so many Hey, everybody yeah. gets thrown thrown into, you know, it's Gatorville down there if you want yeah, to I lose like... somebody, you know, we know what to do with them. But I don't I I will work a case. It's not a problem if it's a cold case, but if it's an ongoing case, I do know the dangers of you know, tapping into that psyche of those perpetrators, as I've done for various law enforcement officers. Right. But I haven't been working cases because it takes time. And back then, I was making a lot of money as an actress. So right now, you know, um, I have to work. I have to do this work. And, of course, I will work on something if if I feel it's important. Um, That's all
2: volunteer work for the police, right? Um,
3: yes, it's it was all pro bono. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. There was... In 1983, was that? The Christy Luna.
2: No. Christy Luna. Yeah, right. we
1: worked with, we had a friend who was an empath and psychic who worked with cops. And mm-hmm. we watched her, after this little girl disappeared and not too far from here, we watched Renee read her toys in a police oh, station.
3: Oh, yes. That was yes.
1: incredible. It was just remarkable yes. that she could pick up. And, and she even picked up that the little girl was deaf in one ear because the boyfriend yes. had stopped her.
3: Had oh, hit her. good. Well, that, it is remarkable, and that is psychometry.
1: Right, right.
3: And, yeah, and that's psychometry. That's actually how I did my first case, a cold case. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend you know, from college brought me uh, a crime scene photo. Bam, I was right there. Yeah. I was in the field where she was murdered, and that's mm-hmm. in the book too. But yeah. th- that is the remarkable gift that some psychics are very blessed with, Being Mm. able and who knows how this works? It's just to tap in. It really is the intention of our souls to assist in these situations. Well, this woman actually, after Adam Walsh
1: disappeared, she was working Mm. with a Cooper City cop. And they were driving by Hollywood Mall where he was last seen. And she suddenly went berserk and started sobbing. And she said, oh, my God, he was beheaded. She was decapitated,
3: oh, so God. she
1: was able to pick that up with no psychology yes. at all. Well, like well she was. She was later. in
3: the field. Yeah. She was yeah. in the field, and yeah. you know, some of us, you know, have gone in literally into the fields to look for things. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, sometimes, and there have been many, many psychics like Dorothy Alexander, and and she's deceased, and Rosemary, and all of these women, mm-hmm. and and interestingly enough, it's been oftentimes women who are able right. to see this. But however it works. It works.
4: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. yeah.
3: So
2: your book is so very intensely personal. Uh, look at your life. Uh, and I think one of the most personal uh, <clears throat> chapters is that one we just mentioned. In Cuba. 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 <laughs> Can you talk a little <laughs> bit about that trip? That's quite a trip. <laughs>
3: Well, it, thank you. It was. You don't have to go trip. into all
2: the details. <laughs> I'm not going
3: to go into those details, <laughs> yeah. but but I will say that the weird part about that trip is something that, you know, it's a cautionary tale for women. Um, just two months earlier, I'd been raped
4: mm-hmm.
3: when I went on before I went on that trip, and that rape um, was through a drug, so. I mean it's it's not about um, really kind of saying well this is the best way to be raped or anything but the mm-hmm. dynamic was it was being being vulnerable
4: mm-hmm.
3: and that vulnerability of having been whether it was hypnol, I mean drugs were just not discussed back then you know mm-hmm. this is the late seventies that we're talking about so that embarrassing horrific experience I couldn't even go to the police about because I didn't feel like I could, um, I was a witness to the rape. I mean, I was experiencing it, but I had a psychological snap inside my brain about this where Mm. I could not go to the police because I felt responsible for this somehow. Um, and because I had been drugged, I couldn't fight back. Mm -hmm. So I had no way of fighting back, which made me feel like such a victim. And I was so embarrassed about it. So I ended up writing a cosmopolitan bachelor of the month. And that's what ended me up in that trip that got me hijacked to Cuba. So I didn't you know, it's such a stupid (laughs) way of thinking and you're, when you're 21, (laughs) but I didn't want the memory of my 21st birthday to be so sullied by mm-hmm. this rape. And, of course, now, you know, I understand that we have lots of, or I did have help at my, uh, at in, you know, at hand, my hand. I could have gone to law enforcement. I didn't recognize that I didn't have help. And that's basically because my perpetrator, the, the my mother, my father didn't protect me from her. Uh-huh. So well, it
1: sounded like he was afraid of her.
3: Also. well he was afraid of her but he drank uh-huh. so um, he, he, when she was doing things to me that she shouldn't have done he was not there
1: mm-hmm. either
3: consciously or physically because he was out of the house
1: uh-huh.
3: hmm. so this is you know this is as an adult I help other women understand the gift of fear you know Gavin De Becker right. wrote a really great book called the gift of fear where he helps people understand their own intuition so I help people now understand there's a problem here. you know just like we've got a clear and present danger with you know with our country. we've mm. got a problem. How many times do we have to see this? We don't want to have to keep accepting it because we right. keep getting beaten down and being victims of this abuse.
1: Mm. Yeah. I have a question. Yes, ma'am. Um, one of the many uh, fascinating stories you tell in your book is about your encounter one day with a woman named Kathy Graff. Yeah, can you tell us about that?
3: Yes. Well, I was getting ready for a dog commercial, dog food commercial audition, <laughs> I love and it. I was, <laughs> and I hear this, I hear this um, noise up in the street. And my, my house sat down below the street. So I had to go out and look and there's this woman talking and she's, you know, she's very animated. And I re- I opened up the door and I said, hi, is, are, are you okay? And she yelled down. She said, no, my husband just died. And I'm like, oh my God. And she was talking to other people up in the street. And I just thought, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Well, I went back in the house, went back into the bathroom, fixing my hair, and I said out loud, don't you bring this woman down here to me. (laughs) And I heard, and this is what I heard, Rob, she's so happy or I'm so happy that Robert has been with the boys and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is her dead husband. She, he wants to talk." And I'm like, "Don't bring her down here." <laughs> and I said, "You're going to have to find a way to get her down here that it's not me going out there to the street." And all of a sudden I heard she was huh. knocking on my door. Jeez. Uh-huh. And I said, "Oh my god. Well, mm-hmm. okay. Do you have do you have uh, is your husband, you know, who's who's Robert?" uh, with the boys. And she said, Oh, that's the minister. And I said, well, is your, is your, um, um, is your mother-in-law called Mima?" She goes, yeah. And I said, is there a blue ring with a stone? And well, it just started and started oh, and my started. God. <laughs> so, so did so she know who you were? No, no, she no, didn't she know didn't. who I was. No, she Not actually so felt, well, it, it did, but she felt pushed up that hill. Huh. She'd been praying mm. to be led to someplace who could help or someone who could help her. Anyway, that, create, that created a dynamic, and we worked together for months. And, you know, what she did with this, I mean, she was an actress. She was married to David Graff, who was, you know, one of the stars of many television and movies. Um, uh, mainly, I think it was the police academy. Mm-hmm. So, and I didn't know David Graff. I didn't know him, but boy, he showed up and he took over and he gave us lots of information for various different times that we huh. worked together. But she became a writer herself and got out from behind his shadow of being very successful. And mm-hmm. she launched a one woman play where she played all of her, all of the characters, including myself, in <laughs> in in this incredible uh, show called Surviving David. Yeah. Huh.
2: Wow. Wow. Uh, the, about his death and about the
3: aftermath yes yes wow. absolutely yeah i like that
1: title yeah oh. david mm-hmm. yeah um are you working on another book
3: you know <laughs> i'm always working on something um I just got a new computer and I'm really Uh happy about, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I know. I'm really happy about that. But, you know, the last two years before COVID, I was having the best time just going (laughs) across the country to various places um, that that I write about in the book for Uh, this, like, ongoing book tour. So COVID has made me very conscientious Mm -hmm. of it's not about running around the country, although I love people and I love hugging them and I love seeing them. it really is giving other people an opportunity to sense their own intuition at this time
4: mm. right
3: so i've continued to work and of course you know people invite me to do zooms and all of that right. but it truly is about supporting other people and and what you guys have done with people who want to write books and and get their books out there My book has inspired others to tell their stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
4: that's great.
2: To tell their
3: truth, to tell their truth,
2: yeah. Does it make much difference whether you're reading someone in person or on Zoom or over the phone?
3: Well, actually, Rob, I prefer not, I prefer not to see you. <laughs> <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> That's why we're not I, doing video. <laughs> I know. Isn't it funny? I mean, I would be distracted by how cute you and, and Trish are or what was going on in the house. No, I literally work by phone or Skype phone all over the world. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I love doing small groups. You know, I love seeing people in person and I will do small groups and zooms, but, I really get to focus on the work, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. and this, I, but I love people. so yeah. you well, know, we're instance, all missing people.
1: If we were doing video, you'd you'd know that there are three dogs here and three cats, and they've been <laughs> yeah. quiet. Yeah,
3: <laughs> they have been. They must like they, listening yeah. to me. Um, yeah. um, may I talk about one of those animals? I'm getting um a a, a left hand a left hip area problem between the bone and, uh, the hip bone and the spine. Mm. So I'm going there and, um, I don't want to use, um, Remedil. I want to use other sort of tinctures or something to help that.
1: Mm. Um, What is Remedil
3: Remedil is what they give, you know, uh, dysplasia and things to dogs. Mm. So Mm. I'm not seeing that as a I'm seeing Reiki, interestingly enough, Hmm. and I'm seeing other forms to assist that dog. Hmm. No jumping, but you already know that. Which the one that looks tan? I think the tan one. (laughs) Nigel. Nigel, maybe
1: Nigel. Yeah, that's our dog. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. No jumping. He jumps for frisbees. He jumps. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Well, what I'm saying is that's that. What I'm saying is we if we can keep that down
2: Hmm. because that's what I'm seeing. Golden retrievers. have uh, hip dysplasia issues. Um, yeah,
3: yeah. He's, he's only three.
2: Yeah.
3: But I'm I'm just letting you know. Yeah. yeah. Thank so you. So that's yeah. It's a. I'm seeing the. See, I see probability factors. So I'm uh-huh. seeing that. And hmm. you can you know be careful about that right now, or you know really strengthen the dog's swimming abilities so he's not getting all that. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, torque. By, mm-hmm. by by jumping and hurting like that. But swimming yeah. would be great. So there. <laughs> I, just, I started to feel that. So I had yeah. to say, had to say well, Thank you. Yeah, he You're
2: welcome. The, he won't go into the pool. <laughs>
3: What's sick. his name? Nigel. Nigel. Well, Nigel needs to be encouraged to get in that pool. Okay. So, yeah. He loves and the
1: beach. He'll go to the beach where we have right. a dog beach and he'll go swimming. But, yeah.
3: but um, once he, he gets it, you know, maybe if he sees the other dogs funny doing it but you know um i share a dog with friends of mine and and he needs a little life jacket but the, <laughs> i know it's really cute but um but it really will help strengthen that
1: hmm. it, there it okay. might be
3: yeah so i just wanted yeah, to you, share that Do you mean
1: we should get a
3: life jacket for nigel i don't know if he really is frightened about the pool
2: yeah, he i is. think it's Somebody threw him in when uh, he was yeah. a puppy. Yeah, He's been frightened yeah. of it.
3: Okay. Well, you can, work, you can work that through, but it would be really, really good for him. Okay. Treats. Lots. You can do a lot of things with treats, as you yes, know. Yes, it's true.
2: <laughs> do you see anybody from the other side coming through that? Uh, well, uh, interestingly
3: enough, let me tell you what I'm seeing. Okay. <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry. I love Who's, this. <laughs> And it might be John. John, do you have anybody in Arkansas? Uh.
5: Not currently. Uh, I, I did have um, some relatives uh, there probably about 20 years ago.
3: Okay. And <laughs> would one of them be buried there? <laughs> because uh, before before Trish even started me ta- me uh, looking at this, I started feeling Arkansas. And I'm <laughs> looking at your family. Mm-hmm.
5: Okay. Yeah. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure more, more than one. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, okay. So, um, because it showed up even before Trish started, started talking about that, I've got a couple of questions for you. Okay. Are you having, are you like breaking, I love to say this, breaking the law with your driving because I'm being, (laughs) because I'm being told by one of those Arkansas dead people that that's what you're
5: doing. Wow. (laughs)
1: Was um,
3: speeding? No, know
5: I, 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 no, I, Actually,
3: it's red lights. Oh, oh yeah.
5: Um, someone mm-hmm. ran. Well, now someone okay. ran a red light about three months ago and ran into me.
3: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, okay, so
5: that's fun. I didn't okay. run the red light.
3: <laughs> okay, All right. okay. So you're the good boy. Well, I'm seeing that. I they're they're showing that to me. Interestingly wow. enough.
4: Hmm.
3: So good that your awareness is out there. Yeah. Also um who do you have someone in the family that's just had breast cancer?
5: Um not not just but um, just
3: okay yeah. but did have breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's also showing up. Okay. Um that's another thing and um
5: recurring or
3: Sure. It's probably, it probably is recurring on some level. I mean, if they've, if it's been healed or if they've gone through treatment, it's something that they mm-hmm. still have to be you know mindful of. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's showing, that's showing up. Um, and this is interesting. Did you have an animal that's like gray or black that has passed?
5: Um, well, uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. Trisha's Trish's, uh, Robin, Trish's daughter, uh, painted him about, <laughs> about a month oh, ago funny. so yeah oh, it's uh, so, yeah.
3: so i've got these arkansas people who are just you know they got a good sense of humor with you wow. <laughs> um yeah. but, but i'm right. seeing i'm seeing a dog in your dining room area that i don't think is living
5: mm, that yep that's, that would uh, just, that would be Tyler. That's, yeah yeah
4: that's
3: yeah super- so that that dog is still there um Likes watching football with you, which is very interesting <laughs> and, and, um, and, you know, loves to go outside with you. And I think that it's just being mindful of that, that that dog's consciousness is still with you.
5: Well, oh, really he cool. he definitely did not have a very good time watching the game last night with me because we just about <laughs> screwed around and lost to Ole Miss. So, well, wait a <laughs> but, second.
3: That's your upset. That's
5: yeah,
3: not his yeah, upset. Yeah, yeah, so, not yeah. funny. Well, I hope that's helpful. I mean, that's just yeah, you know, that's, that's just yeah. a little sampling. <laughs> so, that's, that's like good. I just gave you like appetizers, but <laughs>
4: oh,
2: <laughs> that's cool. Uh, it's yeah. Cool. I have that one more fun. question for you, well, Marla. Wait, wait,
3: maybe she's not finished. Are you oh, finished? I'm, Oh, oh, I could, you know, I could go oh, okay. for days, but right now, go ahead, go okay. ahead, Rob. What does it mean uh, for pole light
2: to you, P-O-L-E, pole light?
3: What to pole, pole light? You mean what I talk about in the book?
2: Right, yeah, pole light. Okay, uh, pole light. Is somehow, oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, you, didn't, you <clears throat> didn't really believe in reincarnation, it seems, when you uh, first met Brian Wise, and then you yes. you had experience. Yeah.
1: Oh,
3: yes, okay, so... Well, um, that's a really juicy little story. Uh, when I met Brian Weiss, he was on a boat to Ensenada, Mexico, and I <laughs> d- didn't really know much about him, but I you know, I had an evening with he and his wife, and we talked about all of this, and the next morning, I did one of his group uh, regressions. There were maybe 15 of us in the room, and I was, well, it was me in consciousness and spirit. I could see my feet. I knew I was wearing a robe, but I was above the earth and I mm-hmm. was on a precipice and they took me up there to show me that I was going to be born again. And I was like, oh God, are you kidding me? <laughs> and and they, they showed me Greece and I said, no, been there, done that. And then they showed me um, the, uh, the North America and mm-hmm. all of these lights, these lights that were coming from the East coast to the West coast and back and forth and back and forth. And then they sort of exploded all over the world. And I was told I had to come back and pull light. And I didn't understand that. And then I write about this, you know, a few months later, I guess. Um, I'm on the set of Everybody Loves Raymond. I am I have a guest star role on that show. And we're, we're blocking the, the show. And all of a sudden, this woman runs up to me and says, Oh, my gosh, I dreamt about you last night. You have to do your work. And this was a little wow. break. I know, it was crazy. And, and she... She wipes off a table, puts papers down, and starts drawing what I had seen in my past life regression with Brian Weiss. Incredible. Oh. And these, and these, uh, and this, like um, you know, these beams of light on the United States. Hmm. And of course, I had to you know do some research about this. But polling light is—it's as though it's a stabilizing force for light and anchoring it on the Earth.
1: Wow. Mm. wow, that's interesting. That is yeah. interesting. Wow.
3: Well, yeah. was this woman who she was a she was a stand-in. She, oh, you know, so when weird. you do a television show, you know, when the stars are uh-huh. are you know, and they're doing the b- camera blocking, a stand-in will come in. It's a professional job, so yeah. they come in and they stand and they move around and they do all the blocking mm-hmm. for the stars. But we had just started rehearsals and she hmm. came out of nowhere and she didn't look crazy i mean she sounded really sane but i was crazed after that huh. i mean the last thing i even wanted to think about because i had a major guest star role on that show yeah and i had to remember my lines like oh arts and crafts from 50 different countries you know i whatever i said because my well it, the the show is called the Super Bowl so and everybody could see that if they're interested but um but yes it was dramatic it was hmm. to have your own visions whether it's deceased loved ones whether it's visions like prophecy or or past life regressions being validated mm-hmm. it just it just anchors the information and in even more so hmm. for all of us that's, that's why oh. you guys are writing those books that's <laughs> why you're helping other people you yeah. are helping people anchor the information, because you guys know. I mean, we could write books and tell our stories, but people have to have their own experiences. Right? Yeah, That's so true. So,
2: so that was kind of like what they told you why you were here. Uh, at this, you know, your work, polling light. So, yeah. when I read that last night, I, I said to myself, "Why am I here?" So, I, I have this dictionary <laughs> I have by me, and I, I do these readings sometimes for myself with with dictionaries. So, I just Randomly opened up the dictionary, stabbed my finger down, and the word I got, believe it or not, poll, P O L. Oh wow. no, yeah. no! <laughs> Tell me this. Okay, that's remarkable.
3: That is <laughs> that's that's, incredible. That is incredible. That's not. That's better than you know any tarot card or Ouija board you could yeah, yeah. ever. That's <laughs> a, that's it's, a you, good synchronicity. Yeah. Yes, it's amazing. So we've got to do. We've got to do Rob McGregor's. Um, uh, it's. We'll have to do all these podcasts. Rob McGregor and his dictionary.
2: What are they, they, there's something. They, there's a term for that. Do you remember what it is, Trish? Uh, stitchomancy. Stichoman- sti- stitchomancy, Yeah. yeah. Stitchumancy.
3: Uh, I didn't know that one. I love that.
2: I, uh, Some people use
3: Bibles, and I use a oh, dictionary. Oh yes, Bibles. Right. Right. Well, stitchumancy sounds like you're, you know, a seamstress, and you're just going to yes. like <laughs> ch- channel in into, you know, a a, a piece of cloth. But I love well, I that. Was,
2: I wasn't going to say that, but then uh, we kept talking
1: about it. So <laughs> <laughs> I threw that in there. That's yeah.
3: fabulous! Wonderful, yeah, that's guys.
1: Uh, hey, well, thank, thank you so
3: much. Yeah. Thank oh, this for has been this.
1: great. This it's has been, been great. wonderful. You've got to come back, Marla.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you're sweet. Well, you know, I can come back and we can talk about anything around this work. I mean, yeah. it's just we, you know. And I'm sure that you have lots of different people come on for 15 minutes or you know whatever. But I, I really appreciate what you guys have been doing for so many years in the yeah. community. And I want to thank you for that. And, you know, and Whitley was a part of my life for so long. I'm so grateful for both he and Anne. So yeah. this was, you know, thank you. This was, yeah. was wonderful.
2: Can you tell us how people can reach you if they want to contact
3: you? Sure. You know, I'm um my Marla.com, com is I'm being I'm rebuilding it right now, but the American Psychic book.com mm. is the is another website that basically will tell you anything about the book and mm. it's on audible simon and schuster okay. barnes and noble and of course amazon but it it does show you what i've been doing for the last uh couple of years with you know seeing people in book clubs and all of that it's really right. it's, it's really fun yeah. but you can also contact me from from there and you know, fill out the the um, contact form and mention that you you heard me here, okay. and I will be giving a discount to anybody that calls me through you guys. Well, thank the you. Next, until nice. the next year, until All the right. next year.
1: Sounds good. Till till COVID is over. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well. Yeah. Well, let's just say we have a better understanding of yeah. it. We're, we're yeah. going to get the truth, and we're going to get help, and we're going to work in our communities to do the best we can yeah. To, yeah. to heal
1: this. Thank this you. is funny. Nigel just
3: woke up from Nigel his- is up. Uh, <laughs>
1: hi, Nigel.
2: He he's always says this right at the end of the show. He <laughs> seems to know when the shows are Good over. Boy. T- Good, up. Boy. <laughs> Good boy. Upcoming. boy.
1: Good boy.
2: Thank you very much. Yeah, Miles. this has been great. Oh, and my
1: thanks pleasure. for the info about Nigel. We're going to get him into the pool.
3: Okay, yeah. Yeah, treats. Good great. treats. He'll yeah, love it. Treats. All right. Well, thank, thank you guys. So yeah. Blessings care. to you all. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you.
0: Thanks for joining The Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening, and stay mystical.